This call is being recorded. You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hope everybody continues to hang strong here um, while we're all locked in. I always appreciate you for staying with me here on Locked On Browns. Uh, very excited for this interview. Um, in obviously, you know, a little more free time than he should have right now. Probably should be covering an OTA, but either way, I'm glad to have him here from ESPN. ESPN.com's Mr. Jake Trotter. Jake, first of all, thanks for taking the time out today. Second of all, how are you, the family? How's everybody holding up? We're doing good. We're uh, quarantined, but we're having fun. I've got three kids under the ages of three and a half. So we, uh, it's a challenge keeping them entertained. Uh, every day, but uh, it's going okay so far. And free agency and the draft have get me relatively busy, so I'm 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 good. Um, so Irish triplets, so to speak. So obviously that's going to be a little difficult. Almost. Um, yes. <laughs> uh, I have two two daughters, fourteen months apart. Teenagers, a little bit easier for us as long as the Netflix is working. Seems to keep them occupied. But you know, I do remember those years. So obviously, you know, wishing you all the best with that. There's only so many finger paintings and Legos and stuff that uh, you can do to keep kids busy uh jake this should be the week for beginning week of otas for any uh team with new head coaching staff how much are you missing the locker room life right now i you know i'm okay i think the question is is how much of the browns going to be missing it and i think this is a year where if you have a new front office and a new coaching staff that is less than ideal and i think this isn't just at the nfl level i think college football as well if you have some continuity Coming back, I think that's going to be an advantage this year because the the extra OTAs that you would have gotten normally as a you know with a new head coach that you know that's probably out the door and you're going to have to hit the ground running uh, whenever you know mini camp and or training camp uh, begins. So uh, it's it's definitely not ideal for the Browns as you know Baker Mayfield has his fourth different head coach, third different offensive system uh, to to learn. Uh, you know, the time to, to develop a rapport with the rest of the guys. So it's it's a challenge. And I think that not having the OTAs, you can't say that it's it's been a good thing for any team with a new head coach, uh, but in particular for our conversation, the Browns as well. Yeah, and, you know, with situations like this, and you brought up college football as well here, you know, once you're going to start integrating newer players, you know, what do you do? You know, what would you normally do in this scenario? Hey, how does coach like this? You know, how does coach handle this? There's none of that with a new regime here, so it's kind of new for everybody. And it's obviously with a first-time head coach, even even a first-time general manager, there really is no floor plan on how they've done it. So uh, once we actually do get to business in the NFL, it certainly can make for an interesting season because, like you said, the the hit-the-ground-running type of thing. And it could be one of these years here where maybe a veteran team, it just didn't come together due to not having the you know regularity of an offseason or you could get one of these teams that came out of nowhere just due to the fact that you know essentially got hot early and were able to ride the momentum going further yeah and, and we don't know we don't know what the you know unintended consequences of shutting everything down are going to be as it relates to sports so i mean i i just you know talking to you know different people particularly at the college level um because that's where you see the divide between, you know, the, the Nick Saban and situations where a coach is new, um, whereas the NFL, for the most part, there's a little bit of transiency to it. Uh, you know, I, I think that you watch these Zoom calls that these staffs are trying to have, you know, with like 15 people on it. If you don't know these people you're on the Zoom call with, it's a little bit different than if you had been with these guys for 10 years. So 
Um, I mean, even somebody like Alex Van Pelt and Kevin Stefanski, they're getting to know each other. Stefanski and Andrew Barry, even though they sort of knew each other before all of this, have gotten to know one another. And you're just you're having to do that remotely, which is not as easy to do when you're all in the same building in the same room. No doubt about it. And, you know, it's kind of funny here because it goes to like the podcasters type of worlds here where it's like, oh, Zoom, sure. We're all familiar with that. Oh, there's other options too, guys. Um, And these guys just try to get, you know, antiquated, you know, to all this new technology and things like that. While meanwhile, they're making, you know, the biggest decisions of their professional uh, professional careers. Obviously, you did get some time to you know get in the building before everything got shut down. What is your thoughts here of this new regime and the fact that, you know, the analytic approach and where everybody, you know, specifically, well, not specifically, everybody trying to maintain a same page type of mentality. What did you take from it? The little amount of time you were able to be in the building. Yeah, I mean, I think so far so good. Uh, You look at what they did in free agency, especially early on. They had a plan. They had the guys they wanted to go get and they had reasons for why they wanted to go get them. And then they successfully went and signed them. When you talk about Austin Hooper, uh, Jack Conklin, and Case Keenum, and then a lot of the you know value signings on one-year deals for the defensive side, uh, you know guys like Carl Joseph, et cetera. So um, you know, you, I think everything that they wanted to do early on was about supporting and helping Baker Mayfield. You know, get him a tight end, a weapon over the middle of the field to complement the receivers. Uh, you know, shore up the pass protection on the right side and getting arguably the best pass-protecting right tackle uh, in the NFL, certainly on the market, in Coughlin, and then a guy in Case Keenum to be not only a guy that can you know come in and win a game for you if Baker sprains an ankle or something, but a guy that I think they see as being a really good mentor uh, for Baker, given their similarities, uh, you know, even back to being undersized, under-recruited, uh, you know, quarterback, quarterbacks coming out of the state of Texas. Um, so I, I like what they did uh, in free agency, and – You know, this is what I keep saying about this new iteration of the Browns. I don't know if this is going to be the right page or not, but at least they're on the same page. And that in of itself is an upgrade over what they've done in the past when by the admission of the the owner himself, uh, Jimmy Haslam, when he's explaining why, you know, he's making all these changes again, uh, they've had too many arranged marriages in the past, whether that's wings in the front office, which we saw last year with Paul D. Podesta and John Dorsey, uh, you know, different fr- uh, front office executives or, uh, you know, fr- uh, GM, the coach or, or the coaching staff, uh, coaching staff itself. So um, I think that there there is some harmony within the organization that you didn't see before. And that's a good sign. That's a good step forward. Yeah, it, it's been refreshing to see. And obviously all, all of these gentlemen so well-spoken. And when they speak, it's almost as if you close your eyes and you didn't know who was talking. You wouldn't be able to essentially identify it because the verbiage, the words, everything that they talk, it seems in a similar tone. And like you said, and you know, anybody who's ever tried to do anything, if there is no plan, it's what's going to be the ultimate, you know, what's going to be the ultimate progression of said no plan. It's going to be no progression. You have to at least, you know, come together with some sort of regularity uh, and at least, you know, have everybody on the same page and at least say, well, look, we went that route. Um, well, obviously, you know, we'll be here. Locked on Browns, Jeff Lloyd with ES, Jake Trotter. Make sure you check out all the fantastic work over at ESPN.com. Jake does a absolute great job covering this franchise. We're going to get to some reasons why I was excited when he came here in just a little bit. But again, check out everything from Jake over at ESPN.com.
Now, Jake, you've been around Baker Mayfield a, a long time, uh, going back to you know his initial playing days, you know at Texas Tech. Where is Baker, the player, the person, in your opinion now, as opposed to where he was then? And like you said, I mean, we're talking fourth head coach already for a guy live today and about to enter his third year in this league. Yeah, I mean, it was it was definitely different than you know what I had seen covering Baker before this past season in that, you know, he'd never really been in a situation where it wasn't working, where he was losing, where he was being criticized, not just for one game, but for a string of games. And, you know, it just wasn't as fun as it had been in the past. You know, one thing about covering Baker, it's, it's a lot of fun usually. Um, And, you know, we can agree or disagree on, you know, whether you think it's okay, some of his antics of the past, but they're certainly interesting. Uh, There's nobody arguing that, you know, whether the flag plant uh, at a higher state or whatever. And there just seemed to be a little bit of the the joy missing. And, you know, I think it was just exclusive to Baker. I mean, you just kind of felt it in the locker room that, that this team was pressing and this team was frustrated and, you know, it was becoming very clear they weren't going to be able to really figure it out in time for it to make a difference. So, um, you know, I I think that Baker is aware that this is a big year coming up for him. Um, You know, he's going to be extension eligible after this season, or at least, um, you know, provided that, that, that everything moves forward on schedule uh, with COVID-19, but he's going to be extension eligible. And I think, you know, you can look at it two different ways. One, you know, Baker has another season like the, the one he had last year, if you're the Browns, are you interested in an extension at that point? And then I think on the other hand, if you're Baker and you go through another chaotic season where, you know, people are getting fired, people are getting suspended, um, you know, it's just a, a, you know, a discombobulated franchise still, then, then I think you ask questions, is this really where I want to be going forward? Because you only get one NFL career. So I just think in terms of the Baker Browns era, this is a, massive sort of make or break season in a lot of ways. And uh, I'm, I'm interested to see, you know, how he bounce bounces back. He's always bounced back from adversity before, but these were, you know, in the past, usually one game adversities or an injury or, you know, the situation in Arkansas, things like that. He's never had uh, a, an opportunity to bounce back from a season like the one that he had individually. And then the, the team that he was quarterbacking had. Yeah, and that was one thing we talked about a lot during the season. It was, you know, where is the Baker Mayfield smile? You didn't see it. Um, and even maybe the, the Thursday night game with Pittsburgh, you know, you were like, oh, all right, now maybe this is it. This is what it's going to look like. Obviously, that night, you know, ends up unfolding like it did. And then, you know, you kind of saw everybody again. The frown was, you know, kind of gone here because he lost the Superman of the defense, just making what was already a really, really rocky road even more rocky. So that was that stretch and where there was a whole bunch of winnable games and he just kind of felt as great as that night was that last 12 seconds or whatever was just enough where, you know, as much as the balloon got itself righted, the balloon was essentially shot down out of the sky, which was, you know, it was just tough to see when they were finally starting to get some footing. Jake, with nine days to go here, there's still a couple of names out there with some relevance, you know, whether it's exploring, uh, you know, the trade for Yannick Nagakwe, whether it's Jadavian Clowney laying around in the weeds, whether it's a move maybe for a Trent Williams or even a, you know, a simple move for like a linebacker like Nigel Bradham. Do you think they have one more move, whether it's a trade or free agency wise, 
before we get to April 23rd in round one of this draft? Well, I mean, let's let's explore them individually. I mean, to me, you know, a lot of people like to still talk about Trent Williams. I think that at this point, it's clear that that's a contingency plan at best for this team. Um, I think the plan going into the draft at 10th is to draft the left tackle of the future. There are four guys that I think are worthy of top 10 consideration, um, you know, in, in Worfs, Thomas, Wills, and um, uh, who am I forgetting here? Worfs, Mackay Thomas, Becton. Wills, and Becton from Louisville. Yeah. So, um, you know, I think you're in great position to draft uh, a piece that really fills a glaring need, not only in the short term, but long term. Because when you look at the young core of guys that are on rookie deals, you know, offensive line is kind of the one that, that, that I think is missing that piece. So, I mean, to me, I think that you draft your left tackle in the future, and if you do that, you're not interested in a Trent Williams trade. If something weird happens in the draft, like those four guys get taken before your pick comes up at 10, or there's a situation where like a Tua drops to 10, and all of a sudden you've got great trade opportunities that you can't turn down, whatever it is, um, I think Trent Williams gives you a little bit of freedom and flexibility to explore that, and still shore up your left tackle situation. Uh, but I think the plan going in is um, let's go get our guy that's going to be our next Joe Thomas. And and I think they want to see what Baker can do um, with with better support. Is You know, I talked about free agency with Hooper and Conklin, and I think this is another move in that direction, which kind of fits into um, the general theme of this offseason uh, under Andrew Barry. Now, you know, some of the other defensive guys, I mean, I think if the price is right and the, 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 the years are right, um, you know, or in, in, the, in the scenario of a trade, if the, you know, the, 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 um, the assets you have to give up makes sense, then yeah. But um, the one thing you have to keep in mind is that the Browns have a lot of extensions that, that are going to be coming up. You saw what Christian McCaffrey signed for as a running back. Now, Nick Chubb is not the same kind of player as Christian McCaffrey, but still. Uh, you've got Denzel Ward, you've got Miles Garrett, you've got Baker, et cetera. So um, you have to be careful about the money you commit to this team today in, in that it, it affects you down the line. So I think they're being very careful about the moves that they make and what they would mean long term, even if they might make their team a little bit better this season. Um, and, you know, with, with somebody like Clowney, uh, you know, you're talking about the, the coronavirus and how it's affected the way teams have been doing business. I mean, this is a guy that had a microfracture surgery. He had another knee. And now you've got to sign him without, you know, being the opportunity to bring him in to, to be examined by your own doctors. I mean, that's a big risk. And I think that it's not just the Browns. I think that's why a lot of teams uh, are a little bit scared of, of signing a guy uh, like cloudy to big guaranteed money and I, I think ultimately it's probably most likely he ends up back in seattle because they have the one advantage and that they they know his medical history intimately so um i i don't think it's in, inconceivable that they can make another move between now and then but i think you're going to see them be very calculating about it you know they're not going to do anything desperate they're going to do a, if they do something it's going to make sense for this team not only in 2020 but long term as well Okay, and I love the point you brought up with Clowney because this is actually leading up to my next question here. Now, if things are being done under an analytical an analytic lens where it's gathering all the pieces of information you can hear. Now, look, we had a bunch of guys this year that opted not to work out at the combine. Uh, you know, obviously the way it was changed this year. Um, now they're not getting any chance to you know legitimize what their testing numbers are. 
Now, doing this through the analytical lens here is they're going to be guys due to the fact that they didn't get a legit pro day, chose not to work at the combine. What do you think as far as this works analytically? Because again, this would be making a commitment to something where you don't have all the information to make what you feel is the best decision. Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be a case-by-case basis, you know, when it comes to uh, potential guys you might draft. I mean, um, maybe you see somebody's talent being worth the risk or, uh, you know, maybe, you know, this guy and this other guy are about the same, but we feel more comfortable about this guy's medical future, so we go with that guy. Um, I just – I think it's another layer to this that teams are going to have to take into account. Um, You know, I think – Fortunately for the Browns, when it, when it you know, left tackle, uh, a lot of those guys worked out and, and were very impressive. So at least with your first-round pick, you feel pretty good about, um, you know, your options there. But, you know, in the later rounds, I think that, you know, it's, it's going to be something you're going you're to see a lot of teams be careful about. Uh, and you're, I, you're just going to have to, and I think there's going to be teams who are just going to say, you know what, we're a good enough team. Like, say the playoff teams, you know, obviously the ones drafting 20 to 32 here. You know what? Let's just get picks for next year. You know, room on this roster anyway for guys to essentially make teams or at least to come in here to large, large roles. Let's, you know, if we can get, you know, go ahead and get closer to 10 picks and we'll worry more about it in 2021 when we can get back to business as normal as conducting a draft. I think you're going to have some teams that go that route. I mean, heck, you have New England who kind of almost goes that route and says we'll do it next year anyway. Um, So we see how teams do work out for that. For you covering the draft, Jake, is this something where like you're getting new information daily here? Like, do you even have like true 100% of like what your game plan is as one of this one of this team's top beat reporters? Like, how you're going to handle you know uh, Thursday night, Friday, and Saturday? Yeah, I mean, I think we have a pretty good plan. You know, I'm I'm obviously within the the, the greater ESPN framework and team and you know we have a plan how we're going to cover it leading up to and then obviously the, the nights of the draft as well so you know it's going to be yeah, I think it's going to be more different it's going to be a lot more different from the people who are going to be on tv a lot um you know in terms of working remotely instead of at the draft but really I mean I think for me it's not going to be all that much different than what I would have to usually do and if I if I had a tv hit for example I'd be doing it from home or at the facility I wouldn't be doing it in a studio so it's you know I for me it's it's not going to be I don't think uh that big of a deal and I and I think it's it's going to be a lot of fun for the fans even though um you know it's going to look a little bit different on TV than say it did when you know there were a gazillion people in Nashville so I and 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 I think too like you know sports fans like there hasn't been much to to follow you know I I mean even myself like the you know, I love the NBA. There's no NBA, um, you know, college football, no spring. You know, we didn't have obviously the tournament for college basketball, which is, you know, one of my favorite sporting events. I mean, just go down the list. Um, th- th- there's nothing really to look forward to, but th- we have the draft. And so uh, I think it's going to be a lot of fun and, uh, you know, not only to watch, but to cover as well. Yeah. And it's, you know, for me, like this time of year, because I love the draft as much as I do. And it's usually what gets me through. All right. Well, I got three and a half weeks of baseball to get me through until the draft and three hours of the day is something going on in the background. And you don't have that. And, you know, for a lot of people who get excited about these past sporting events being shown, that's fantastic. For me, if I've already seen it, I've probably already seen it twice. And it just, you know, it makes it tough for me to get fired up because trying to watch something 
that I've already seen just makes me essentially yearn more for, you know, fresh and new, which is, you know, certainly why I'm looking forward to April 23rd here. Jeff Lloyd with Jake Trotter from ESPN, uh, the Locked On NFL Home Show. Uh, all of our hosts here, we've gotten together. We did a mock draft over there. Uh, I believe they're on day three, which will be picks, tw- I want to say 11, 12 through 18 or whatever. So go ahead, check that out. Matt Williamson, Brian Peacock, they do a fantastic job over there. Jake, now the players, since you've been on the beat that you've gotten to meet, interact with, get to know better, report on, Give me a name or two or some guys that, you know, we don't know about. Some guys that just don't put themselves out there so much. But guys like you get to spend a little time with. Who 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 strikes you? Obviously, we all know the big names on this team. Give us a couple of names of some guys on this team that you've gotten to talk with and you just, you've really grown to appreciate the young men they are. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think uh, a lot of the, the special teams guys that they have, you know, Tavier Thomas, uh, Danners Johnson, guys like that. Um, are, uh, you know, you appreciate what they do. Um, you know, Kadarrell Hodge even, you know, got to play some receiver at the end of the year. Uh, I, I, I think, I think all those guys are good locker room type guys, which, you know, when you're looking at your, your, your roster, well, I guess it's not 53, it's 55 now, but you know, those, those bottom, you know, four or five guys, um, if they're good locker room people, I, I don't think that's a bad thing, uh, for your, for your team. So, I mean, those guys kind of stick out, you know, I've, I've sort of been familiar with Garrett Gilbert's career, uh, you know, for a long time, uh, back to when he, you know, came in for Colt McCoy in the 2009 national championship game and almost, you know, rallied Texas there at the end, um, you know, against, uh, against Nick Saban, uh, you know, to see him kind of come full circle with Baker, you know, them both, both being at Lake Travis. Um, it's, it's been fun kind of getting to know him a little bit. Uh, so, I mean, I, I think there's, you know, JC Treader. Uh, you know, NFLPA guy. No, he's a starter and a name guy, but you know, I think he's gonna um, have a little bit more name recognition now that he's gonna be so involved. Uh, you know, with the uh, the players' association. So, I mean, just go down the list. I, there's a lot of guys uh, on this team that um, you know, I I think uh, uh, you know have a chance to be really good players. Uh, you know, Mac Wilson, Sione Taki Taki. It was fun covering those two guys. They're fun um, and and you know, enthusiastic, and I think bring a lot of energy. Uh, to that locker room as well. I'm going to go down the list, but, um, you know, I, I think that they had some problems. There's no question in that locker room last year. Uh, you don't have as many goofy and weird uh, incidents if, if you don't have some issues. But I think for the most part, um, you know, there, there's you know, there's a good foundation to build off of. Them. Yeah, with that, no doubt. And, um, and even I think Mac Wilson has won everyone over. I think just through his social media and his presence and his dedication, and this was for a guy who was a fifth-round pick, ended up playing you know a boatload more than probably he was ready for or this franchise was ready to give him so much playing time. So interesting in that standpoint. Last one here, Jake, before we put a bow on it here. What are the Trotters most looking forward to once we can all hopefully return to our normal lives? What are the Trotters most looking forward to? Oh, my goodness. I mean, I think that – you know, the, the, uh, there's a, a really cool children's museum in Cleveland that we took the kids to before everything got shut down. Uh, we'll go do that. I'm sure we'll go to the zoo uh, when it warms up a little bit, you know, go back to the beach on the lake. Um, you know, and, and we've been able to do that a little bit, but, um, you know, it's not, it's a little bit more shut down than it would be otherwise. Uh, go to some restaurant. You know, the thing for me is I moved to a Cleveland in in like July and training camp started I think like two days after we moved in so I have not you know 
had really had a chance to see the city as much, uh, you know, particularly on the east side, because I live kind of by Berea. So, you know, going to some restaurants in Little Italy, uh, you know, checking out Shaker Heights, um, you know, some of the historic areas of the city. So I think I think to answer your question, I think we're looking forward to kind of seeing the city in a way that we had planned to going into this off season. And we just really haven't been able to because of the uh, the lockdown. But I really enjoyed uh, living in Cleveland so far and, you know, looking forward to, to seeing what else uh, is out there for, in the city. Yeah, so essentially you, you know, came to a new city with your family and essentially you guys are, you know, in a fishbowl looking out at everybody, you know, looking out at everything else and, you know, not really being able to, you know, get your feel of it so much, to, uh, so to speak. That's, it's got to be a little bit tough in that aspect. Um, I do want to thank you for your time here again, Jake. Um, wh- wh- what are we really be looking out for here in, you know, nine days or so before we're ready to kick this off on April 23rd? Browns-wise or ESPN-wise? Browns wise, ESPN eyes. Go ahead, push whatever you want to push, Jake. I I think uh, I think for the Browns, um, you know, in the draft, look for them to uh, take obviously an, uh, an offensive tackle. Then I think they're going to flip aggressively to the defensive side. You know, they they've got an extra day two pick from the Duke Johnson trade, so you're gonna I think you're gonna see a lot of defensive guys. Uh, and then you know, for me, um, you know, going to be all over uh, the draft best I can. So uh, you know, ESPN.com. And uh, you can find me on Twitter. All right, guys. So that's everything you need there. And obviously, for anybody who is unaware, you can certainly find Mr. Jake Trotter. And you can find him over at Jake underscore T-R-O-T-T-E-R. Look for the check mark. You'll know it's Jake. And obviously, all the work over at ESPN, ESPN.com. Jake does a fantastic job. want to thank you for your time here today. Uh, guys, for the lock, Ben, your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. We're going to here probably well on through the draft here um it's our time of year you know how much we love this and you know putting the finishing pieces to what has been a really really good off season so far so we'll talk to you guys soon thanks again jake thanks again listeners everybody stay safe